0: So you're calling to get my recipe for a toss salad.
1: I might add a little Hendrix, some dried cherries, some Miles Davis, some artichokes, some Bob Dylan, some peppers maybe. Elvis Costello, cactus, uh, Eugene Chadbourne, some walnuts. Patty smith and prosciutto neil young and some carrots and joni mitchell and some cabbage and hank williams and some figs and residents and some tomatoes
0: wait wait we need some rye and pine nuts and some lady smith black mambazo and fresh parmesan and yeah and patsy montana and shallots and oh yeah esther phillips and dry cherries
2: Help yourself to a serving of Vic & Mix Toss Salad every Wednesday from 6 to 9 a.m. right here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor.
3: Hello, this is WCBN FM Ann Arbor and uh, Ed special back again. I'll be sitting in for Mike Perini's uh, Pandora's Lunchbox and Arwolf's Face the Music and as well as Special Ed uh, from now until 10 p.m. We're going to wrap up the Native American um, situation and then get into turkeys, food, and manners thanksgiving sort of things. Enjoy. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Nothing I'm going to do.
4: At most of the schools, the pupils had to work half the day on farms or in workshops. The idea was not only to teach them useful skills, but by making them part of the workforce, the school could cut its costs. I for
5: one used to raise at least three to four thousand turkeys a year. I don't think we got turkey at all. I don't know what they're with it. There used to be a beef herd, but we never got no beef. Yet we did all the work. There was a dairy herd, but we got the white water part of it, you know. So it was, uh, you know, most of the nutrients was gone, you know.
4: But the children were not only taught white skills to help them make a living, they were expected to become white on the inside as well. Pupils had to reject everything that made them what they were. Teachers ridiculed or suppressed any sign of Indianness. Missionaries and government officials set out to destroy native cultures at the root. To prevent them being passed on to future generations, they tried to eradicate the Indians' languages.
5: One of the favorite punishments of some of the Jesuits was to take the, the young people, if they were caught speaking their language, and force them to bite down on a very large rubber band and bite down as tight as they could and then the rubber band would be stretched out as far as they could stretch it without it popping from his mouth and then released and it would smash back into his face or her face and uh, that was one way they tried to break us from speaking our own language you
6: talk in Indian in the classroom they'll, uh, they'll bend the ruler and hit you in the mouth that really hurts but I keep forgetting like, I talk Indian and that's when I took me in the room and hit me in the back with, I don't know what it is. I think it's a razor strap. It really hurts.
4: But some of the children refused to allow the Indian in them to be subdued. Despite the attempt to make them forget who they were, many of them managed to cling to their identity.
5: At night, I would relive every conversation that i ever had with anybody in lakota back home my grandmother my grandfather my friends my uncles everybody
1: what we did is all of us at the same tribe we get a pass and we go way on the hills we sit in circle and we talk indian yeah our language so we won't lose
4: it other children were less resilient many of them ran away Some schools offered a $5 reward for their return, and often they were rounded up like stray animals and brought back. Hundreds of the pupils died from brutality and disease, epidemics of tuberculosis and influenza swept through the schools, killing children with no resistance to white illnesses. But often there was no physical cause of death at all. Mystified doctors would watch children simply waste away.
1: Well, there's one guy, and I went to see him at the hospital, and he was dying. And Dr. Kuhn seemed to find out what's wrong with it. I think that, actually, he told me, I talked to him, and said, I want to go home. I don't belong in this place. He said, I want go back to my people. And I think that, actually, if you come right down to reality, I think that he's... He's not, he didn't have no kind of a sickness except that he is lonesome.
4: And finally, he died with loneliness. During the 1920s, it became increasingly clear that the policy of allotment and forced assimilation had been a disaster. Far from helping Indians to make the transition into white American life, it had left thousands destitute. In 1933, John Collier became Commissioner for Indian Affairs. With his Indian New Deal, he tried to halt the erosion of the Indian land base. For 13 years, he succeeded. But in 1947, Congress voted to replace his reforms with a new policy, termination and relocation. Under termination, the government was to liberate the Indians by ending their tribal status and withdrawing federal protection of their lands. But many Indians believed that, like allotment, the new policy was motivated more by greed than idealism. In eight years, more than 100 Indian groups were terminated. At the same time, thousands of Indians were relocated to the cities where they were promised houses and jobs. The aim was to make them share in the American dream. The reality for many of them was homesickness, discrimination, unemployment. The tribes protested that the new policy was simply repeating the mistakes of allotment. In 1970, they persuaded President Nixon to abandon it. But the attempt to eliminate the Indians by social engineering had created deep-rooted problems. The long fight for survival had left the tribes insecure, exhausted, divided. In 1973, these problems erupted violently at Wounded Knee in South Dakota. The nation was startled. Indians had suddenly reappeared from the past. The Wounded Knee siege was one of the worst civil disturbances in modern history. It temporarily brought Indians back into our consciousness. Many young Americans troubled by the Vietnam War found it easy to identify with native people. Others were angered by the Indians' militancy but Wounded knee starkly showed that native people had survived the attempt to destroy them. After 400 years of genocide, after a century of assimilation, Indians have still not disappeared. Today, there are more than 1.8 million of them living in hundreds of communities. Events like the powwow, when Indians from different parts of the country gather to socialize and dance, help strengthen their sense of identity. Tribes divided by history into separate reservations can still come together to practice their culture. But this survival has been at enormous cost. Today, Indians are the poorest ethnic group in the country. About half of them still live on reservations that are crippled by poverty and social problems. And successive government policies have left many Indians trapped in a cultural limbo, caught between two very different worlds and two very different identities.
0: You're this being... You have no culture of your own because, in some ways, it's been so altered or extracted from you that you can't obtain or hold that. On the other hand, you can't turn around and embrace something that has destroyed you. How can you just lie to yourself? I mean, say, oops, it didn't happen, and just click this part of you off, and then just supplant another whole system inside of you. So you end up being, you know, an empty cultural vessel.
6: We have lost all of our connection to the things that are sacred and we haven't listened to the elders. We haven't trained our children properly. Uh, It's easy to blame everybody else for our problems. It's easy to, to blame the churches and the US government and our elders and the politicians. But at some point we have to take hold of our own destiny and recreate what we've almost lost.
0: And we have Tokala up here, and he's going to discuss his costume and how different it is from other traditional costumes. Okay, Tokala, would you tell us about your costume? Uh, this is a quiver,
6: it's made to hold bows and arrows in it, My mom didn't trust me
0: with the arrows because she said I might shoot somebody. So.
4: In an effort to combat their problems, many Indian communities are painfully trying to rebuild pride, confidence, and a sense of identity. After a century of forced assimilation, they are reasserting their own cultures and telling their own histories.
6: This is a fan.
4: Under legislation passed in 1975, some tribes have taken over responsibility for running their own school system.
6: This is a tomahawk, and they gave
0: it to me.
4: They have introduced new curricula reflecting Indian values. But few non-Indians are aware of the changes in Native communities. American Indians have come here because... Since the 1970s, Indians have gradually slipped back into obscurity. And as President Reagan showed in Moscow in 1988, old prejudices and images have not all died.
1: Let me tell you just a little something about the American Indian in our land. We have provided millions of acres of land for what are called the preservations, or the reservations, I should say. They, they, from the beginning, announced that they wanted to maintain their way of life as they had always lived there in the desert and the plains and so forth. And we set up these reservations so they could and have a Bureau of Indian Affairs to help take care of them the same time we provide education for them schools on the reservations and they are free also to leave the reservations and be american citizens among the rest of us and many do some still prefer however that way of that early way of life and we've done everything we can to meet their demands as to what they how they want to live uh, maybe we made a mistake maybe we should not have humored him in in that wanting to stay in that kind of primitive lifestyle maybe we should have said no come join us be citizens
4: for many people today indians remain an idea rather than a reality many non-indians feel sympathy for what they see as the plight of native people visitors to the west enjoy the color and exoticism of the indian heritage there is little real understanding of the Indians' cultures or of the deep rooted causes of their problems. And when an Indian news story appears, it usually focuses on violence, corruption, or political division. The brute, the child, and the noble savage still fight it out in the consciousness of the nation. You're listening to
3: WCBN FM Ann Arbor. I'm Ed special. I am. That's special. And, uh, and uh, we have been, uh, been taking part in a documentary called "Savagery and in the, the Indian,", Indian. And "Savagery and in the American Indian." American Indian, I told you. And uh, we heard also also a couple of Native American songs. Uh, Patsy Casadora with "I'm in Love with a Navajo Boy." And Roger McCabe, Navajo hoop dance song. A little bit of Indian cartoon and some more fire sign theater uh, before the Bar X Ranch. ¶¶
4: To 30, highlighted by this Major like run. our European ancestors, many of us tend to choose whatever version of Indians suit us best. Sports teams carry warlike names like the Redskins and the Braves. Companies call their products Apache or Cherokee to conjure up ideas of ferocity and power. But a Redskin fan or a Cherokee owner in a bar may still talk about Indians as drunken bums living in squalor on government handouts... And moments later, see Native people as the green conscience of America. Some people have a deep,
6: abiding respect for the natural beauty that was once this country. And some people don't. People start pollution. People can stop it.
4: The green image of Indians seldom survives where they still face white competition for their land and resources. Many non-Indians see undeveloped reservations as wasteful, and often they resent the Indians' attempts to regain ancestral land. They feel that instead, Indians should finally forget the past and disappear into the melting pot. But unlike most other Americans, Indians are not descended from people who chose to immigrate to the United States. Their sense of identity still comes from their spiritual relationship with the land where their ancestors lived and are buried. Here, members of the Nez Perce tribe return to the homeland taken from them more than a century ago. For many white visitors, it is a colorful spectacle. For Indians, a sacred experience.
1: the big difference is uh, in spiritual terms Indians saw land as a sustainable entity and Europeans saw it as an exploitable entity and if you look at those two an exploitable entity is a wholly materialistic universe material out there that you're supposed to use a sustainable universe is a live universe that you have some responsibility to And so those two views are totally irreconcilable. They were in 1492, they still are.
0: Our origin legend says that when the universe was created, there was a song was given to the universe. Every piece of the universe has a piece of that song, but the total song exists only in the Black Hills. We call this place Wamanka Ognanka Ichante, the heart of everything that is. Our stories talk about the Black Hills booming, And this has been documented. And the booming stopped right about the time two events happened on April 10th of 1883. The government of the United States outlawed Sioux religion, culture, and language. And hard rock mining was in full swing at that time. The booming of the Black Hills stopped. Now it's evolved to something called Heap Leach Mining. You basically take a mountain and smash it. And then you take more of the mountain and you crush that. It's all crushed into gravel. And pour cyanide over it, wash out the gold. And eventually, you're at the valley level and so you start digging holes going deeper and deeper the earth is my mother when i see open cuts that we call wounds on our mother's heart in the heart of everything that is wounds that can't be healed when our mother dies when her heart dies we too will die One of the things that my grandfather, Hollowhorn talked about just before his death, the words he left for my generation and his fourth generation. Someday the earth will weep. She will beg for her life. She will cry with tears of blood. You will make a choice if you will help her or let her die. When she dies, you too will die. I think when we look at the earth being damaged in a way that can't ever be repaired, we look at making a choice, not just for ourselves, not just for our children, but for all of creation. And none of us has that right.
4: The survival of Indians in America after 500 years is a testimony to their physical and spiritual endurance. They still carry with them the experience of their ancestors. It is an experience of enormous suffering and despair, but it is also an experience developed over thousands of years of understanding and living with the North American continent. Despite all the attempts to eradicate it from their memory, this understanding has never been fully extinguished. We live out here, we speak our language, our kinship
6: system, our social systems, our customs, our rituals are still intact like they were 400 years ago. So we never lost what was really there. We kept to ourselves and we kept all our customs alive.
4: At the heart of Indian cultures is a unique vision of the world and of man's relationship with it. Returning to this vision, offers many native people today the only alternative to a life of poverty and desperation on the margins of this nation. Some Indians believe it offers more. Many of their traditions prophesy a global disaster if the destruction of the Earth continues. Now they feel the Indian way, despised by white people for so long, may be the only hope for human survival. You don't own this land. You don't own the Earth. She owns you.
6: You cannot sell her ever. She's part of you, and you, you're part of her. And since we are trying to reinstitute these thoughts and these lessons into our into our daily life, that we decided that uh, these are the things that we should pray for, and that's what laid the foundation for the ride, or at least that theme of rebuilding the nation, mending the sacred hoop.
4: For the Satanka Wokiksuya riders, a hundred years of mourning will soon be over and the spirits of their dead ancestors will be released. Like Native Americans across the nation, the Sioux are trying to come to terms with the past and are painfully starting to rebuild their future. As they gain new strength and confidence, Indians feel they can once again make a contribution to the future.
6: a beautiful feeling on this ride and you can't capture this feeling because there's a feeling of positiveness of togetherness helping there's a bonding that occurred between us when you take something from the earth you give something back and that is what this whole world needs to do is become a nation of returning something to the earth instead of just take 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 and try to make your wallet fatter and that's what everybody wants. Everybody just cares about I, me. What we're doing here on the Sitranka Wokik says we, us. Let's. that's what's happening
5: that little simple ceremony out in the center I stood next to the pipekeeper at the graveside and I heard him pray he too was praying for peace not world peace peace within himself within his fellows peace, guess what, forgiveness comes, respect comes, and love, and regard for your fellow man, regardless of who he is. To me, that was what this ride was all about.